like I said, we're doing this series on the life of our church, and hopefully this morning, um, as you've kind of just been around and been a part of this, you're catching a little bit of the life of our church, and we're going through this, this word life, and it's, a, it's, an, it's an acronym that we're using for this series. The L stands for learning and how we, we learn to follow Jesus. We grow together. We become more like Christ together. Our lives are cha- changed and transformed. Um, the I of life stands for investment and how we, we invest what God has given us, and we invest it back into his kingdom, and we, we give it away. We don't hang on to it for ourselves. We, we, we say, Jesus, everything I have is from you, and we hold it like this, and we say, God, it's yours. We invest it. And this morning, we're looking at the F in the acronym for life, and, and the F um, simply stands for friends and family, which is to say church is about relationships. And uh, something that you've heard me say over and over and over again is that church isn't a program, church isn't a service, church isn't a building, church is a community of people that is following Jesus as they do life together. That's church. And, and not just, uh, so church is this community, but it's not just any community of people. The picture of church community that we actually get in Scripture is, is not a community of, of acquaintances. It's not a community of people that just kind of um, are, are strangers and just uh, brush paths with each other from time to time. The picture of community that we get in Scripture is one of family. And this past week, as I was preparing for this morning, honestly, it was a little bit overwhelming because when you start talking about relationships and community within the life of the church, one, um, it's a topic that has been preached um, over and over and over and over again, hundreds of times. And, and two, there are so many places that you can go when you crack open your Bible and you start talking about how church is a community. And so as I was preparing, I felt like God just said, Rich, I just want you to open up a lot of the Bible this morning. Um, there's, there's a, a clear picture that, that Scripture paints of the relationships that we um, are called to have in the church. And so we're going we're gonna to read a lot of Bible this morning, a lot of verses, so I hope that you have a Bible, Bible app, whatever, ready to go this morning um, as we do that. But Jesus, in one of his, uh, probably one of his more offending moments in the Bible, uh, he's got his disciples, and he's hanging out at someone's house. He's kind of doing community with people. And when you do community with people, you get to really get to know people well. You, you begin to open up your home, and you go into other people's houses. Well, Jesus is having one of those, those situations where he's in somebody's house, and he's got all the disciples there, and he's, he's talking with people. And who knows, they're probably having a, some, some food together. Uh, they're, they're just kind of doing life together. He's probably teaching um, the disciples some, some, some truth. And they're all there together, and, and the, the crowds all gathered in this, this house. And while he's teaching, some important people approach the house wanting to talk to Jesus. And the Bible says this is what happened. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and his brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, hey, uh, Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. One of these days, I want to do a sermon series simply called Offensive Jesus. (laughs) And we're going to look at all the offensive things that Jesus says in the Bible. 
And as far as offensive things that he says, though, this has got to be somewhere in the top of the list of offensive comments that Jesus made. His own mom is looking for him, and he basically says, she's not my mom. Along with his uh, mom are his brothers. They're trying to find him, to which he says, they're not my brothers. And then he points at the 12 disciples, and he says, see these 12 guys here? Here is my mom. Here are my mom and my brothers, to which I'm sure the disciples are thinking, well, hold up. He thinks we're his mom. Like, what's going on here? But this story is shocking. It is shocking. Now, in ancient Palestine, where this story takes place, family bonds were very, very, very strong. I mean, much stronger even than, than typical uh, American culture family bonds are. And as shocking and as offensive as this comment is to our modern ears, we hear that and we go, what? Um, it would have been even more shocking to the people back in the first century. It almost sounds like he's disowning his family, but he's not. It almost sounds like maybe he's even disrespecting his family, but understand he's not doing that either because he, he would never dishonor and break the command to honor your father and mother. But what Jesus is doing here is he's making a couple of, of points. One, your spiritual family is just that. It's, it's a family. It's, it's a family. Um, take a second and just look around this room. Look around at the people sitting in front of you, the people sitting beside you, the people sitting behind you. They aren't just any old random people. The Bible says they are your family. The Bible says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to, to what? To the family of, of believers. We call God our Father in heaven. Why? Because he is our Father in heaven, which makes us what? Makes us family. He wants us to see your spiritual family, your church family is just that. It, it's, it's a family. Another thing he wants us to see here is that your relationship to your spiritual family matters. It matters. It has importance. It has value, just like your natural family does. Um, some of you might be looking around and going, well, the natural family I have is plenty for me to handle. last thing I need is more family. And, and if that's you, and if you're in that boat, which I, I know a lot of you probably are, um, listen, this is actually... Part of the good news of being a follower of Jesus is that you have a family, a church family, a spiritual family. When you give your life to Christ, um, you don't just become a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. You actually it, you inherit this brand new family. You become a part of his family, the church. And when this is experienced and when it's lived out the way that Christ intended it to be lived out, it's a good, good, good thing. It's a good thing. Um, when it comes to what God intended church relationships um, to look like, the Bible doesn't leave much room for guesswork. And what I want to do, actually, is I want to bombard you with scripture here um, that paints this picture of what life in the family of God is supposed to be like. And they're not up on the screen because I, I just want you to listen really close. This is the Bible describing what life in the family of God is. Is, is supposed to be about. It says this, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Serve one another humbly in love. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Encourage one another and build each other up. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Instead, love one another deeply from the heart. Offer hospitality to one another without, without grumbling. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. And then Jesus himself comes along, and in this, 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 this great commandment, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And that is just a small, small glimpse into the picture that Scripture paints of what life in the family of God is intended and supposed to be like. Now, I've been a part of, of a church um, my entire life. Um, my parents got married, and then right after they got married, my, my dad, uh, as a teenager, he was working in a sawmill, but then he, once he got married, he knew that God was calling him to be a pastor, and so they were living up, uh, my dad lived on Vancouver Island up in Canada, and ended up taking his first pastor job right after they got married, way down in the Mojave Desert in Arizona. Long story how that happened. But, but uh, um, I was basically born on the church altar, um, not quite, but I, I, ever since I was in diapers, I've been a part of a church in one way or, or another. And all that to say, though, I've been around the church family for a really long time, and I can tell you that the picture of community that we just read about in Scripture, it happens, but doesn't happen as often as you would think it, it, it would happen. It's not the norm. You know, rather than, than being devoted to one another, so many uh, uh, treat church almost like it's, it's, a, it's another option on the, the, the restaurant menu of, of, of just where to go and connect just on a, on a Sunday. There's just not, none of, nothing of being devoted to one another, being committed to one another, rather than, than harmony like the Bible talks about. And I'm telling you, I've seen some division and friction and strife in my day. That, that's, that's been ugly. Rather than accept one another like Christ accepts us, which is to say, you know, when you think of how Christ accepts us, just think about this for a second. He accepts us with all of our issues. He accepts us with all of our brokenness. He accepts us with all of our problems, all of our hurt, all of our pride, all of our, our, our edginess, all of our sin, all of, all of it. When we come to Christ and put our faith and trust in him, he accepts us. And the, the Bible is saying, hey, that's how, I, that, that's how you are to accept one another. And rather than, than, than patiently bearing with one another in love, we're like, you know, if you bug me, I'm out. If you can't get your act together quickly, um, I'll have to find some new friends because I don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal, to deal with this. Rather than forgive, we, we're, we're quick to hold on to, to offense and grudges. Rather than carry each other's burdens, um, we, we can get so caught up in our own world, in our own, uh, just, just our own lives that we neglect to pick up that phone and call that person or, or stop in and say hi or pray for them. Rather than offer hospitality, we, we keep the doors to our homes and to our lives shut. After all, if we open up the doors to our homes, people are going to see that, hey, I really don't have my, my stuff together. I really don't have it all together. And, and by the way, every single one of these things I just mentioned I am just as guilty as, as the next person. We, 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 we keep ourselves in these, these bubbles. And the reason that our relationships don't tend to look like 
the picture that Scripture describes of relationships, I think the reason that they don't is because relationships are just hard. They're hard. And the, the more you get to know someone, the more you realize that, that people aren't perfect. The more you get to know someone, you realize that okay, people have faults. People are capable of inflicting great pain. Um, people can be unlovable. One guy, he put it like this. He said, most human beings are quite likable if you do not see too much of them. It's true. Relationships, they, they are hard. And so a lot of times, rather than dive into relationships, and rather than take that step forward, we just we hold back. And I think we could probably go around the room, and we all would have our stories of how relationships have burnt us, relationships we've been hurt, uh, we, there's, there's been division, whatever. We've all had relationships that have gone south, and, and we, they're just hard. So rather than push in and press in, we, 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 hold, we hold back. There was this short writing that was making its rounds on Facebook recently, and I read it and thought, wow, that describes the challenge of being part of a church family so well. And, and I want to read part of this for you this morning. It goes like this. I think it's titled Church is Hard. But um, church is hard. Church is hard for the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment. Church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together but doesn't. Church is hard for the couple who fought the entire ride to service. Anybody ever been there? Church is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families. Church is hard for the widow or the widower with, with, with no invitation. Church is hard for the man insecure in his role as a leader. Church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man. Church is hard for the nursery volunteer who desperately longs for a baby to love. Church is hard for the single woman and single man praying God brings them a mate. Church is hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter, ashamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for the sinners. Church is hard for me. It's hard because on the outside, it all looks shiny and perfect, Sunday best in behavior and dress. However, underneath all those layers, you find a body of imperfect people, carnal souls, selfish motives. But here's the beauty of church. Church isn't a building, a mentality, or expectation. Church is a body. Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in fellowship as saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by an eternal love. Church is a holy ground where sinners stand as equals before the throne of grace. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is a converging of confrontation and invita invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a bearer of burdens and a giver of hope. Church is a family, a family coming together, setting aside differences, forgiving and forgetting past mistakes, rejoicing in the smallest of victories. Church, the body, in the circle of sinners turned saints is where he, Jesus, re resides. And if we ask, he is faithful to come. That's church. That's church. It's hard. <laughs> but when you press in in faith, believing that Jesus is there, that Jesus is going to meet you there, it's powerful. And it's beautiful. A few years ago, our, our leadership team um, in our church, we, we went on a journey. And uh, probably the, the, the biggest driver of this journey was just looking around and going, okay, um, 
we believe that Christ is calling us to a deeper level of, of maturity in him, a deeper level of change, and deeper level of transformation to go beyond the shallow and to go, go, go deep into the work that he's doing in our lives. And, and we went on this journey, and, and as part of this journey, uh, we decided that we were going to make the shift away from programs and events being our main focus and shift towards making intentional relationships our top priority. Yes, we still do programs, we still do events, we still have services, all that kind of stuff. But, but our heart, our priority is that you would, would just not show up at an event, a service, a program, but that you would, would dive into and find some relationships where, where people are gathering around you, where, where there's someone in your life who's, who's being intentional about helping you grow in your faith, be cared for, be loved. And um, as we've made this shift, it, it, I mean, it, honestly, it hasn't been easy. And we still have a long ways to go, but we've learned some lessons along the way as we've made this shift that I just want to share with you this morning. Um, lesson number one is knowing what to do is simple. Actually doing it is hard. Knowing what to do is simple. Actually doing it is hard. And it's like this with anything worthwhile in life. You, the doctor comes along and says, hey, it's, it's time to get healthy. Knowing what to do is simple. Now you just got to start showing up at the gym. Just got to start eating the right things. Piece of cake. Uh-uh. Knowing what to do is simple. Actually doing it is, is really, really hard. Knowing that you need to forgive that person who hurt you, yeah, it's, it's simple. But actually forgiving and letting go of that hurt, letting go of that, that pain, releasing it into God's hands, that's hard. Knowing that relationships don't grow unless you invest. Invest time, invest energy, invest your heart and your soul. That's, that's simple. But actually going out and doing it, you know, showing up, Show, diving in the community, showing up to church, showing up to small groups, showing up to whatever ministry it is that you're a part of week in, week out, whether you're exhausted, whether you've got energy, whether you're upbeat, or whether you're feeling de depressed and discouraged, whether you're overwhelmed, or whether you're walking on sh sunshine, just being there, it's hard. It's hard. Knowing what to do is simple. Actually doing it is hard. And I think it's good to state that. Because what happens a lot of time with life is that, that for some reason we, we think that it should be easy. And I think part of the problem is that we look around at others who, who maybe are experiencing what we hope to experience and we look at them and we go, it just looks so easy for them. It looks so easy for that person, for, for that person. But can I just say, it's not. It is not easy. It is hard. And it's, I don't, if there is somebody out there and I've yet to meet them, but if there's somebody out there who's finding life easy and who's finding being in relationships that are, that are Christ-centered and where you're being changed and transformed, if there's somebody out there that's finding that easy, I've yet to find that person. I really have. And so if you're in the boat where you're going, oh, here we go about relationships again, relationships, community, it's just, it's just so hard, and I, I, don't, I don't think I want to do that. Listen, you're in the same boat as everybody else. You're in the same boat. Relationships are hard. Next thing that lesson is that biblical community won't happen unless it won't happen in your life unless you prioritize relationships. Biblical community won't happen in your life unless you prioritize relationships. It just won't. 
in our culture, what do we do? We prioritize everything, everything else. We prioritize our job. We prioritize our, our, our career ambitions. We prioritize our homes. We prioritize our, 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 our sleep, our sports, our, our natural family. Everything else just gets prioritized way above our church family relationships. But biblical community won't happen unless you take that and you put it at the top of your priority list. Um, probably the one thing, though, that we prioritize the most that, that gets in the way of deep, loving community is the person that we stare at in the mirror every single morning, self. Self gets in the way. We want life to be easy. You know, all of us. We want life to be easy. So why would I dive into relationships where I know it's going to be hard? Um, we, we want all of our free time to be all about me and all about the things that I want to do. I, I don't want to sacrifice my day off to... To, to go with some, do what somebody else wants to do. I just want to be about me and what I want to do. And so we, we get in our, our, our homes, our, our cocoons, and we bury ourselves under our blankets, and we watch Netflix all day long, and just it's all about me, me, me. We do what we want to do. And it's, it's, it, we prioritize ourselves. But if you want biblical community like we just read about in Scripture, you have to, you have to prioritize relationships. They simply won't happen unless they are a priority in your life. When you plan your week, you have to put aside time for relationships. When something else comes up that's, that's, that's not as important, but is hollering for your attention, you have to put that aside and, and make relationships priority. Prioritize relationships. Something else that we've learned is that um, if you want to experience biblical community like we read about in the Bible, is that you have to be willing to go first. You have to be willing to go first. Um, blogger Steph Godin, he says this. He says, the only difference between a group of strangers and a group of friends is that the friends benefited from somebody willing to go first. That's so simple yet so profound. Only difference between strangers and friends is the friends benefited from somebody who was willing to go first, willing to start that conversation, willing, willing to, to invite someone out for lunch or dinner or whatever. Someone went first. And I love this about Jesus. You know, you look at the life of Jesus, you don't see the life of somebody that's, that's passively sitting around waiting for some others to approach him. I mean, can you imagine if Jesus was like that? Like he shows up on the scene and he's just kind of like buried away back in his little corner and he's waiting for people to come to him. You, you don't even have a box for that because it it's not Jesus. He's constantly going. He's constantly willing to go first. He, he sees the woman at the well. This woman who's been rejected by her, her town and by her family and friends. And he doesn't sit back and wait for her to come to him. No, he goes to her. Uh, there's Zacchaeus up in the tree, curious about Jesus. And Jesus could have just kept walking by and go, okay, I want, uh, if he wants to talk to me, he'll have to get down on that tree and come talk to me. No, Jesus goes walking up to the tree and says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. He, he is constantly being willing to go, to go first. Uh, you, you see him out there walking along with his disciples, and he sees a mom in a whole funeral procession, and she's grieving the loss of her son, and, and Jesus doesn't stand off in the distance and wait for someone to approach him. No, he goes walking up, and, and it ends up being complete transformation. He raises the guy from the dead, but he, he's constantly taking the first step. He's constantly being willing to go first, and and. If we want to experience real biblical community, we have to be willing to, to go first, to be, take that first step and say hi. 
um, to, to take that step and, and say, yes, I will lead a community, whether that's a, a small group or being involved in a ministry, I'll, I'll, I'll take that step. Be willing to go first. Another lesson is that you have to keep showing up. You want biblical community like we read about this morning, you, you have to keep showing up. The Bible says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. And when it comes to relationships, you have to persevere. You have to keep showing up because there's going to be times when it's hard to show up. There's going to be times when, when, when maybe there's some friction. Maybe you've been misunderstood. There's going to be times where, where you'll be offended. There's going to be times where you'll be the one doing the offending. There'll be times when, where you're tired. There's going to be times where other things, just everything is, is vying for your attention, where you'll stumble and fall, you, and you're not going to want to show up for fear of being rejected. I don't know. There's so many reasons to not show up. But if you want to experience the kind of community that the Bible is talking about here, you have to keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. So many people, so many people give up too soon. You got to keep showing up. And not just showing up. Here, here's another lesson. Um, you have to engage. You have to engage. I remember the moment. There was a moment in my spiritual journey where this whole idea of community, this topic of community relationships, it really wasn't a, a big deal for me. Um, I, I just, I actually, I saw churches. Yeah, it was people, and we, we hung out together, and there was people that you know. But for the most part, my picture of church um, that I just kind of adopted um, unintentionally growing up was, was church was, it was a meeting. It was something that happened every Sunday morning where uh, we would show up to a, a service. That, that was my picture of church. And then part of my own personal journey is that um, as, as I got to know Jesus a little bit, bit better and started to get to know the Gospels and, and the New Testament and the, the early church and what the Bible says about the early church, I began to realize that it was so much more than a weekly gathering. And at the time I was going through this journey, I was a part of a church that had been, it was an established church. It had been around for probably 60, 70 years. And... Uh, and a lot of people uh, that had been going to that church its entire du duration. I mean, people had been a part of that church for 40, 50, 60 years. And I remember as I was kind of, God had me in this place where I was going through this journey, just seeing this whole new aspect of church. I remember just looking around at different people and going, here's a person that, that has been a part of this church. They're doing the showing up part, but that's where it stops. And even though they've been a part of the church for so, 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 so long, they were barely known. People would, just didn't really know them. They didn't, didn't really have a lot of community. They didn't, didn't really have a lot of relationships because they, they didn't want to engage. They, they didn't want to engage beyond showing up. And so the relationships just kind of seemed shallow, um, surface level, even though they were always showing up. Why? Because they, didn't, they just didn't engage. If you want to experience the kind of community that, that God is talking about in his word, you, you have to engage. You have to engage. You have to go beyond uh, just showing up and at some point engage. Maybe, maybe you're showing up at this point as you show up on, on Sundays and you, you, you're here. Well, it's engaging beyond this. 
It's going, I'm going to get connected to a community, whether that's a ministry that happens during the week or, or, or a small group. You're going, I want to get connected. But, but even when it comes to that community, whether it's a small group or a ministry, there's, there's showing up there, but there's also another level of engagement that has to happen where you go, okay, I'm not just going to show up in this community of 10, 12, 15 people. I'm also going to engage. I'm going to open up. I'm going to share what's happening in my life. I'm going to let people know what's going on inside of me. I'm going to, I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to talk to that person that I, that I, I normally wouldn't talk, talk to. You, you engage. You have to engage. Because if you never engage, you will never truly experience what it's like to belong and what it's like to be known. I love what this pastor, he's a pastor down in Texas, his name is Matt Chandler, says about, about church and about belonging. He says, so many of us confuse going to church with belonging to church. Did you catch that? I'll say that one more time. So many of us confuse going to church with belonging to a church. You cannot grow in Christ unless you are known and woven into the fabric of the church. You have to be in community where you're known, spurred on, rebuked, called out. It's up to church leadership to equip leaders who will build biblical community, but it's up to you to take the steps to get in one. No one can make you. You, you have to decide, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to engage. Is it scary? Yes, absolutely. Will you fail and make a fool out of yourself sometimes? Yes. Will every relationship be warm and friendly and just give you the warm fuzzies all over? No. But will you meet Jesus there and will he work in your life as you trust him and follow him and engage in community? Yes, absolutely he will. Absolutely he will. But you have to engage. And then, then the last thing here, and in each of these, as you can kind of tell, is taking a, a, a step deeper in, into community. And the last one is this. The last lesson when it comes to building the kind of community that, that we read about in Scripture is that you need, you need to be real. You need to be real. You need to be authentic. You know, the quickest way to put a roadblock up in any relationship is to put on a front and be fake. You know, this is one of the, most, one of the earliest and most valuable lessons that a teenager can learn. Okay, all you teenagers in the room, um, be real. Just be authentic. If your friends only like the fake you, they don't really like you. You've you got to just be real. Be authentic. You know, we've all heard the cliche, be you because everybody else is taken. Be you. Be authentic. Drives my kids crazy when I say that at home. But it's true. Be you. Most understand um, the importance of authenticity and meaningful relationships on some level, and yet why is it when it comes to relationships with our church family so often we feel like we've got to put up this front. So often, you know, like that, that writing that we read about, we feel like we've got to make it all look good and shiny on the outside. When in church, it's, it's the last place where we should feel like we've got to put on a front. And here's why. It's because the God that we serve is a God that knows everything about us. He knows everything. And yet the gospel is, even though we're broken, even though we are all jacked up, none of us is perfect, the gospel is that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, man, he flings the doors of his family wide open and he welcomes us in with open arms and, and he's there for us. 
His love for us doesn't change. Even when we turn our back on Him, His love for us is, is steady, it's consistent. Even when we just fail, we make mistakes, we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, His love doesn't change. And what that does is it gives us freedom. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to put on a mask. You can just be totally real. Totally real. You know, this last, um, so I just, I got to talk a little bit about this last Thursday night. Um, it was Pete and Jeannie's uh, going away party at Celebrate Recovery. And um, I wish all of you could have been there. Um, it was this incredible, I'm going to try to put it into words what I experienced on Thursday night. But it was this, I mean, it was family as whatever you envision, your ideal picture of what family should be, that's what I experienced on Thursday night. I don't get out to, to Celebrate Recovery very often, um, but it didn't matter. just felt like, oh, we're, we're all family. We're, I just come and be and be a part of things. Um, there was this incredible sense of, of we're all broken and that's okay. There wasn't any kind of posturing or there wasn't any kind of like trying to be somebody that you're not so that you can kind of get in there. No, it's just, the, no, it's, it's, it almost felt like you walk in the room and whatever mask that you had on, you just grabbed that and you just tossed it on the floor. And you were just family. You're just real. And the sense of God's presence that was there in the room, it was, you could, you could almost touch it. It was so powerful. God's there. And it's this, this family, this group of, of broken people who are struggling to become more like Christ, loving and accepting one another, despite flaws, despite whatever is going on in their lives. You just want to come and just hang out. You're accepted. You're loved. And it was so beautiful, and it was so attractive. So attractive. And it was a picture. It was just a small picture of what, what Christ longs for his church, that we would be a family, that we would be a community of people that that loves one another, that cares for one another, that, that carries one another's burdens, that, that can just be real and authentic. We're all on this journey together. None of us has arrived. None of us is perfect. You know, I hope that one of the, the things you pick up here at CTK Ferndale really quick is that we are not perfect. You, you might have picked that up the moment you stepped in the front door. You're going, wow. I hope you see that pretty quick. We are not perfect. We don't have our act together. None of us does. If you look at someone and you think they do, let me just tell you right now, they don't. We're all broken. We're all on this journey. We're all at a different place in that journey. You, you can come, though, and you can be real. You can come and you can make mistakes. You can come and you can fail. And guess what? We're going we're gonna to still love you. We're going we're gonna to do our best to care for you and to lift you up and, and to bear your burdens. Because this is what Christ calls us to do. This is the kind of church that, that Christ is calling us to be. And, and i got to tell you, it's, it is happening. It is happening all over this church. I gave you a little glimpse of what's happening on Thursday nights. Um, I, I see it happening uh, in, in other areas. I've heard little bits about the incredible brunch that happened with the ladies yesterday. Um, I hear it happening. I was at the men's deal last week. And just to, to see what's happening with the guys um, just, just the, 
the, the sense of community that's being built. It's happening with our students. It's happening. And, and, and my invitation to you is to take some steps to be a part of that. And, and if you're in community where it's happening, my, my invitation to you is to invite somebody to be a part of that, to invite somebody in. And, and wouldn't it be great if we were the church where you didn't have to take a... It, somebody was taking steps towards you before you even had to take steps towards them. We're just inviting people. We're seeing that the person that, that, that is new or isn't connected, and we're just we're inviting people in. Let's be that church. And my question to you that I want to wrap up with this morning is simply this. What can you begin to do this week to begin building relationships with your church family? What can you begin to do differently this week to, to begin building relationships like we talked about this morning? What can you do? What can you do? Is there a, a step that you need to take? Is there, is there a, a group that maybe you need to get connected with? What can you begin to do? Maybe for somebody else, you're going, hey, I just need to start showing up. You need to start showing up on a consistent basis. And if, and if you don't know where to start, I mean, just start by showing up here on a consistent basis. And, 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 and that's what, what God's asking you to do. Maybe for somebody else, you're a part of a, a community. Maybe it's CR. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, United. And, and you've just been inconsistent. And we all know that when there's inconsistency in any relationship, it's really hard to build relationship. And maybe what, what God's asking you to do is just start showing up consistently. Start showing up on Sunday nights at United, week in, week out. Start showing up at, at, at CR. Start showing up in the men's stuff, women's stuff. Whatever we have going on, you, you go, okay, this is where I'm going to, to, to attempt to connect and engage in community. And you start showing up. What can you begin to do this week to begin building relationships with your church family? I love that Christ has called us to be a church that's about love, that's about caring for one another, bearing one another's burdens. And you all play a part in that. All of us. All of us play a part in that. And let's be a church that, that says, Jesus, I will take that uncomfortable step, whatever that looks like, um, to, to be in community and to invite others into the community that you are building here in CTK Ferndale. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you.